From the Pork Checkoff in Des Moines, Iowa, it's Pork Pod. Pork Pod, a look at the hot topics in today's pork industry. The Pork Checkoff is working for you through various forms of research, promotion, and consumer information projects. I'm Don Wick speaking on behalf of the Pork Checkoff, and today we focus in on the Cordley Hogs and Pigs Report. The Pork Checkoff hosted a media teleconference following the release of the report on Thursday. The panelists featured were Dale Durkholz, who is a principal with Grain Cycles, Scott Brown, extension economist with the University of Missouri, and Lee Schultz, an associate professor of ag economics at Iowa State University. We begin with a look at the numbers, and with that, Steve Meyer of Kearns and Associates. First, all hogs and pigs, 75.52 million head. That's 3.6% more than one year ago. Uh, Pre-report analysts had expected that number to be 3% larger. On the breeding herd, 6.41 million head, up 1.4%. That's smaller than analysts had expected. Uh, They'd expected the increase to be 2.1%. The market herd at 69.111, another another quarterly record, uh, as has been common in recent years, up 3.9% from a year ago. Analysts had expected that number to be at 3.1. The under 50-pound category, 22.019 million head, up 3.2% from one year ago. Analysts had expected that number to be at 2.6%. The 50- to 119-pound category, uh, 19.606 million head, up 2.7% from from last June. Uh, Analysts had thought that number would be up 2.8%, so quite close on the 50- to 119. 120 to 179. 14.427 14.427 million head, up 3.1%. Again, just uh, barely off of that pre- analyst pre-report estimates of 3.2% larger. And then the 180 and over category, which uh, everyone was kind of wondering what this would say, at 13.059 million head, up 7.5% from a year ago. Analysts had, uh, the average analyst guess was on that was just 4.6, but actual slaughter so far during June has been up 9.2. So. USDA picked up a, a large portion of that increase in slaughter, that surge in slaughter we've seen during the month of June. Farrowings, uh, March, May, sows farrowed at 3.108 million liters, up three-tenths of 1%, significantly lower than what analysts had expected at plus 1.7. The June-August intentions at 3.185 million head, down five, uh, a half a percent from a year ago, and analysts had expected that number to be up 1.3%. The September-November intentions at 3.175 million head, even with a year ago, analysts had expected that number to grow by 2.1%. March May pig crop, 34.177, again, a quarterly record, up 3.7% from a year ago, and that uh, compares to analyst expectations of plus 2.6%. Uh, the big number, another big number in this report was March May pig save per litter, at 11 pigs per, per litter, 3.5% larger than a year ago. Analysts had expected that number to be up only 0.8%, so a significant uh, variation in the actual pig uh, litter size in this quarter versus what analysts had expected. Cindy, those are the numbers. Thanks, Steve. And now we'll move to our economists to take a look at what those numbers mean. We'll start with Scott Brown. Again, Scott is an extension economist with the University of Missouri. Scott? Thanks very much, Cindy. I'm just going to take a couple of points here to to start the conversation uh, this afternoon. So uh, I I will certainly come back to focus on the March through May pigs per litter coming in at 11, uh, that 3.5% higher. I think that's certainly one of the numbers that uh, 
was was surprising out of the report and and just reminds me about how good pigs per litter have been in a number of states. When you look at Indiana, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, North Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, Texas, all with growth uh, in, in excess of four tenths of a pig uh, relative to a year ago, uh, it, it certainly suggests to me that some of the disease issues that we've seen uh, in, in the industry have come in better control, PERS being the one that sticks out, that may have given us uh, this big jump. And I think uh, if we continue to see pigs per litter running at uh, uh, these kinds of, of growth rates going forward, uh, it spells certainly a lot more uh, hogs a as we go through time. Uh, I, guess, I guess the other one is uh, just looking at breeding inventory at that 6.41 million head. Uh, interesting state-by-state -state, uh, numbers there seeing states like Iowa, uh, who was down 40,000 head, and Minnesota and North Carolina also being lower, uh, but, but those declines being outweighed by what happened in states like Illinois, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota, and, and then the other state category was also up 25,000 head uh, out of this report relative to a year ago. To me, those are uh, some interesting uh, growth in those states that are outside of that Iowa, Minnesota, North Carolina, uh, those states that I think are important as we move forward and, and could suggest, I think, further growth as we look ahead. Thanks, Scott. We'll move next to Lee Schultz. Lee is, is an Associate Professor of Agricultural Economics at Iowa State University. Lee? Well, this report revision certainly mattered when, when we are, you know, kind of digging in and, and interpreting the numbers. When we looked at that 180 pounds and over market hog category, the, the large 7.5% increase from, from a year ago levels, you know, about three percentage points higher than the pre-report expectations. When we dig back into where the revision showed up, I think it shows that why, why such a larger 180 pounds and over the December, February pig crop was increased 1.3% from the previous report. That, that's about 428,000 pigs more. And that came about because of more sows farrowing. So we've seen an increase of 39,000 sows farrowing. So that collectively, you know, really contributed to a, a lot larger 180 pounds and over. I think that very much matches the 9% increase in, in slaughter we've seen here in November. Um, and, and so I think really important to key in on, on why we've seen that big increase in, in the 180 pounds um, and over. And, and now that we're kind of accounting for those hogs. Uh, the other you know, one thing I wanted to hone in on is we've seen farrowing intention uh, numbers decline here a bit. Uh, when you see the, the March-May farrowing intentions from the first intention to the second intention, uh, there was a decline of 28,000 sows farrowing. From the second intention to, to the estimate we, we received here uh, with this report, we've seen 11,000 fewer sows farrowing. The June-August, um, from the first to the second intention, there were 6,000 fewer sows farrowing. Um, now, I know we, we've seen quite a bit of variability um, in those estimates, but you know, I think that does generally align uh, with, you know, we have seen softening of uh, profitability because of prices and, and higher costs. When you look from since early April, you know, my calculations show that, that we've lost about $11 
per hundred weight when you look across 2009 uh, market, 2019 marketing periods that it is almost $25 per head. Uh, but also I, I would caution a, a bit in that given the size of the breeding herd, um, you know, expectations of, of fewer ferret intentions, you know, I don't know how much lower we can go just given the, the size of that breeding herd. Thanks, Lee. And now we'll move to Dale. Dale Dirkort, Dirkort is the principal with Green Cycles. You know, I'm going to take a little bit different tax on things here uh, as we start off the thing. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the grain side of the equation, but along with that, you know, talk about um, some things and how that dovetails into hog futures. Truly, when you're working with uh, the grain side and the feed input side of the mix in here, as we look ahead the next six, 12 months, you know, it's like uh, standing in a bar uh, throwing darts at a dartboard with your back turned to the dartboard right now. You know, there is nothing certain about what we face going ahead. We will get some clarity tomorrow with a report from the USDA on planted acreage. They're looking for, on average, 86 and a half, uh, roughly as far as corn acreage and soybeans are thinking. That's going to be at about 84.5, down just a little bit from uh, where they were back in March. Uh, the corn number, though, is uh, most of you understand that's down about 5 million. And even though we get numbers tomorrow, we've got to remember with this report that we've got data collected the early part of June, uh, I think at some point here in August, we'll probably see the USDA come back and do a special survey and we'll probably start to see some people take the numbers tomorrow and maybe ratchet corn down slightly, but beans are the one I think that's the most uncertain. The other thing along with the, the yield parameters that we're dealing with here, uh, or the acreage thing, is we have to deal with yield. And there have been a lot of wild stories out there because of the extreme weight planting, and it does put yield at risk. But we've got a whole growing season to go yet. As I remind people, you know, we had a late planting in 2009, nothing near like what we had this year, but we ended up with corn having a new record yield. And there were some other years out there where we had had some late planting and we actually ended up with a decent yield. So some of these extreme uh, discounts on yield that we're seeing right now, I think we've all got to be a little bit careful about at this point. But at least tomorrow we get a starting place with a good survey we can go forward from. I think the long term, though, when you look at corn acreage coming down and yield going to come down, even modestly, you go to the 166 that the USDA had, you know, you're, you're basically starting to ratchet down to a 14 billion care, um, production, maybe something a little bit less. And then as you look on forward, you're thinking, you know, my carryout's going to be somewhere a billion and a half bushel and or lower and probably somewhat lower. I'm using 93 as some kind of a parallel that I look at or analog and, and, you know, yield numbers as we went through the production that year continue to go down all the way into the final one. So we've got to look at that as a possibility. Beans, when you're working with a billion bushel carryout on the old crop and a billion bushel estimate on the new crop, at least with the current number, you know, it's hard to build a, a positive situation. But, you know, with meal, it looks like and or bean meal, you know, the, the $8 looks like a pretty good bottom in, in beans. You know, $9 is starting to look like a fair value. We've got meal that's trading roughly at about 320 But I go back in the long history of beans. Beans always seem to have a unique ability to surprise everybody when you least expect it. 
and when you look at the makeup of uh, uh, the technical parameters as far as beans are concerned, you know, you tend to see that possibility laying ahead of you in the future. Well, it wouldn't shock me at all at some point to see bean meal trading 350, 375. Uh, corn, there's been a lot of talk of $5, and certainly that is a realistic possibility. But moving beyond that, you know, just depends on how this growing season itself unfolds going forward. The one thing that, that in, in terms of hogs that I'm kind of curious about here to see how it plays out, we can go back into um, – uh, the spring, March, April, and we had October hogs at that point, you know, trading upwards uh, along in there over $90. And, you know, that coupled up with a grain market that was declining, there was huge profits for people to step out and lock in. So I'm really kind of curious as to how many how many hogs or, or how many litters are actually farrowed even as we go through the summer here at this point in time. That's going to be a, an interesting number to me to watch going forward because those huge profits, if people locked in the hogs, locked in the grains at that point or their feed inputs at that point, they were locking up some real healthy numbers. And, you know, that 100 that we had on the uh, summer farrowings could easily end up turning out. 102, 103, something like that. So that's a, a thing I'm looking at going forward as far as hogs are concerned. Thank you for listening to this edition of Pork Pod. For more information on this topic or the pork checkoff itself, visit pork.org.